you are a gayler. I am. Okay, I am. Yeah. but I was poking fun at at us um, yeah. because I've I've come close to losing good friendships over <laughs> it with um, hetlors, which is people who insist she's straight. Wait, spell that. H e t l o r s. So there's gaylers and hetlers. Oh, I thought it was like folklore. I Hetlor. wonder why they went for hetler like instead of straightler. Straightler. I feel like that is because Hetlor sounds like it should be a, also, an album. It sounds like <laughs> Hitler too. True. Which is how which is, is damning. Totally. Kind of see him. Yeah. Did you make that up? I didn't make that. I up. bet there's turf. That's a real thing. I Look bet there's up. turflers too. But I love that. <laughs> yeah, people who incense that all of her uh, all of her stuff is about hating trans people. <laughs> yeah. The turflers. Oh my god. Hey Nico. Hey Con. I love you. I love you. No homo. A mm, little bit of homo for me. Just a little. Just a smidge. From two guys who were never part of the boys club, we want to welcome you to ours. Welcome to boys club. This is our podcast. About boys. And about other things. Like the clubs. And the things we were a part of. Hockey. And we're not a part of. Bagels. Wait, did you say we were a part of hockey? No, I wasn't. Me neither. Welcome to the club, boys. Grab a bagel. <laughs> Connor's like, what do boys eat? <laughs> My feelings. <laughs> okay. How are you? I'm really good. It's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful overcast day. It is currently raining. There's something very safe to me about when it's overcast. And I think it's because I was born on an overcast day. Wow. Storm was a brewing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did you see any boys clubs this week? Wait, I'm really excited for this boys club because when you come in, I think that you will have an opinion on this. Okay, so last night was the final night of Taylor Swift's eras in Los Angeles, California. Okay, I heard. Played, I heard a little bit of something about this yes she played new romantics which is kind of, I have nothing to say about that but like yes yeah, such a good song oh my god it's a hit it's kind of like it's our a fu- song it's a hit because people the me way you? yeah like the way i could build a castle from all the bricks they threw at me like that's kind of like <laughs> St- hello stonewall <laughs> <laughs> the rumors are terrible and cruel but honey most of them are true <laughs> like that's such a there's so many quotes is that you song. and me yeah okay <laughs> the right. rumors are terrible and they're cruel it's very that's a queer song Okay. Any song about adversity is queer, rising up. For sure. From the ashes. Yes. Like a phoenix. Like a bird on fire, my college mascot. <laughs> because the school burned down in the 20s. They brought it back. They built it back better. They built it back better. Um, and then, okay, so it was the final night in LA. Okay. And Carly Kloss was there. Yes, this is the drama I was seeing. She's 6'2 and brunette and sat in the nosebleeds. Relatable. So, uh, okay, that's tea. It is tea. The, fast, the thing that I was that made me really think a lot about it was teen Vogue had an article about it. And they're like, the Kalers are going to really love this one. I never heard that before. Kaler. That's Have a you heard the word Kaler. Wait, cause I had so many opinions on it. Cause I was like, wait, they're recreating Gaylor. And I don't know if it's cause they think Gaylor is reductive. There was like, well, everyone's gay. It's not interesting if she's gay, whether or not what's interesting is if she, if she's with Carly Kloss or not. And I think it's like, well, if she is queer, she probably was with Carly Kloss is calling it Kaler diluting the fact that she's queer for Teen Vogue or is it does that make sense yeah I'm a scientist a sociologist (laughs) at heart well I gotta say this is making me also think of there was a a bachelorette contestant who very recently came out publicly on The View Gabby Windy Gabby Windy and actually dating former guest of the pod Robbie Hoffman (laughs) shout out so if anybody (laughs) from Bachelor Nation has found their way to the Boys Club podcast welcome what I was thinking about was like when I I watched the clip of, of Gabby Windham Windy. Windy coming out on The View. And the way that The View hosts kind of reacted to it was very like, because she was like, I'm dating somebody and I've been thinking about it for a long time because it's uh, it's a woman. And then they were all like, oh, whoa, okay. 
didn't see that coming. I think Joy and I was like, is was this like, so girls only or what? Yeah, like, <laughs> like they Joy. were like so like I was like, I can't believe this is still where a lot of America is when it comes to like coming out and stuff. Like I guess I know I know we're a bit in a bubble, obviously, here in New York being around mostly queer people, but I'm like Wherever the fuck Bachelor Nation is, I couldn't be further from that because I don't know. I was like, how are we this? This is still a big deal. Like, this is still like a, they're shocked that she's dating not a straight man. No, I was so confused. Yeah. I also, I, the way that her coming out and Colton's coming out, obviously, were like handled really differently, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Reason, yeah. And then the way, to quote Sam Morrison in an article <laughs> about Queer Hack, <laughs> he says queer hack can't exist. Sam Morrison, former guest of the pod. Yeah, queer hack can't exist because you still go to Midtown and you beg them to like laugh at you. Yeah, and it's like yes, in many parts of the world it does. It is like especially like as a cis gay man, it's like we're across the line, and it's like yeah, but like in people are so confused in other parts St- of and still the so country. like weird about it, and it's like. Yeah. It's a big deal, but it's also not. Like, you can just, like, be normal about it and just be like... Because anytime you're talking to somebody and you don't assume them to be queer and then they, like, are like, I have a girlfriend, you're just like, totally. And you just, like, keep moving with the conversation. Like, it's not... I don't know. And I know, I think she went on there to announce that, so I guess... But I'm like, were they not prepped? Was it a surprise? Like, is this... Was their earnest reaction? Oh, wow, crazy, but... Yeah, the question, girls only, huh, is really (laughs) so interesting. (laughs) And it's like what it says so much about how they view sexuality. Yeah, totally. Whereas her literal coming out, I guess, really is what people, when they say one day people won't have to come out and they'll be like, I'm dating this person or that person. Now, you know that I did one time date that one guy who didn't come out to his parents and he said, I'll come out if I'm actually like with a long term partner and there's no reason to come out until that. That's what a coming out should be. And I was like, well, that still feels flawed when you say it. So (laughs) I still feel like you have trauma and your parents are in Ohio. Yeah. And wait, are you from Ohio? Good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like with coming out, it's a it's another part of queerness that everybody wants to have like a one size fits all for all of these things, and yeah. it just doesn't have one. But um, anyway, to get back to the Taylor Swift, Carly Kloss stuff, it's crazy to me that a supposed ex lover. I mean, this paints paints a picture. A supposed ex lover comes to the last day of the tour and is sitting in the nosebleeds. Nico, we have ex lovers. We have shows, and those shows have nosebleeds. You know, like. At the back but of the bell house. To be there. To be there, no shame, in the nosebleeds, where you're six feet two and recognizable. Yeah. Crazy to me. Crazy. But, but brunette. Oh, so that was her camouflage? Was she blonde before? She's usually blonde. Okay. Now she's brunette. She's I usually w- coded. If that was me, I would have had a hat, glasses, hood up. Like, I would have not... Yeah. I would have not shown my face in the 300s. And all of the news. I mean, it really did steal... You know what is so interesting? You do wonder, because, like, how much of this is calculated... Not because they're women, but because they're smart. And like, <laughs> I think we should take back the word calculated as a good thing. I, I hear good when people say that. I, I, yeah, you're, you're, like, you're planning. I think it's been used to attack like Hillary Clinton and Taylor Swift in the past. But we're kind of reframing it sure. as, you know, men on this podcast as a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's just like, if nothing happened between them, then why would she not have a VIP section? Totally. If something happened between them, why the fuck is she there? And all the media coverage is now her. It is upstaging the end of the tour. I'm not mad about it. I'm fascinated by it. It's upstaging the end of the tour. It's also upstaging the the announcement of 1989 Taylor's version. Very, very unex... People 
that feels like a very that feels like a blip on this. People are completely missing that. 1989 Taylor's version. I saw that today. Yeah, I woke up in the middle of the night with a huge stomach ache. Thought my appendix burst. Thank God I didn't go to the doctor because I woke <laughs> up fine. But like I woke my phone and that's the first. And you were soothed, <laughs> soothed by the 1989 Taylor. My version. appendix put itself back together. New Romantics is on that. Yeah. Yes. Exciting. Every good song is this love. This love is good. This love is bad. So the boys club is. Anybody who's excited about Kaylor? The voice club is really a conversation. It's Kaylor's. I know. It's really just a conversation. The voice club. Okay. I want to see if I... Sometimes they're conversations. Sometimes it's just things in the news. Um, the boys club, the ultimate boys club is a dialogue. And sometimes this is just a pop culture. Okay, wait. Let me see if I have one. Okay. Um, okay. This is pseudo topical still. Oh, actually, no. I'm going to do this one. Anybody who is the driver on a road trip. The self-proclaimed driver. On, wait, oh my God, this actually relates to our guest because our guest very sweetly let us borrow her car <laughs> yes. this weekend. You um, went to the Catskills with us, kind of. <laughs> yes, your car came and went with us. Um, but anybody who drives on the road trip, I feel like that is a boys club to be like, I, I'm the one who's going to get us to and fro, which I did end up being in that boys club. Yeah. And Jesse Ballard was on the other car. Because that really is a person that takes leadership yeah. in a way that you do. Well, the thing is, I, I like to have something to do in the mm. car, so I'm like, I might as well drive. Because I'll get phone, if I get my phone, I'll get car sick, so. I have something to do, but it's kind of assessing the social dynamics of the situation. <laughs> in the car. Quietly in the car, <laughs> yes. Seeing, Seeing what's going everything. on. Yeah. Did you at any point vol- want to volunteer yourself to drive? No, that sounds like an insurance nightmare. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how any of you go, let go and let God. I don't know yeah. how anyone drives. <laughs> yeah, I'd be terrified that I, I'm anxious. I'm very happy to drive alone. I get nervous when there's other cars in the road or people in the car. It's kind of where it's like, oh, this now this is really a high risk. <laughs> Situation. So most times driving. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, but yeah, that was my boys club for this week. Should Should we our Let's do it. Boys, our guest this week is a friend of the pod. She was on uh, one of our recent, I think our June live show. So if you came, you saw her then. Um, she has an amazing solo show called Less of a Man that's going to be all around New York City over the next couple of months. You have to check it out. Boys, please welcome Jess L. Jean. Hey, what's, what's up? up, you guys? Are you keeping up with the? Are you a Swifty? Are you keeping up with the with the drama? I am. I'm a hardcore Swifty. Um, because we were on that show that one time. Yeah, we were on a Taylor Swift. Oh, you guys show. are both on the same one. Yeah, it was the Eras yes. Tour Park Slope. <laughs> yes. um, uh, which I think was concurrent with while she was in New Jersey. Was that three months ago? It must have been must three have months been. ago. My life is going away so fast. I mean, our <laughs> lives are going away so fast. <laughs> I hate about myself. Uh, but yeah, I was on that show. I dressed as a clown um, and basically just did a bunch of material about Gaylor um, because that's how she makes us feel. <laughs> Wait, you are a Gaylor? I am. Okay, I am. yeah. But I was poking fun at, at us um, yeah. because I've, I've come close to losing good friendships over it <laughs> with um, Hetlors, which is people who <laughs> insist she's straight. Wait, spell that. H-E-T-L-O-R-S. So there's Gaylers and Hetlers. Oh, I thought it was like folklore. I Hetlor. wonder why they went for Hetler like instead of Straitler. Straitler. I feel like that is because Hetler sounds like it should be a, also, an album. It sounds like <laughs> Hitler, too. True. <laughs> Which is how Which is, is damning. Totally. Kind of see him, yeah. Did you make that up? I didn't make that I up. I bet there's Turflers. That's a real thing. I Look bet there's up. Turflers, too. But I love that. <laughs> yeah, people who incense that all of her uh, all of her stuff is about hating trans people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Turflers. Oh, my God. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. And I went to the Eras Tour. I, you went in uh, yeah, Jersey? I, so I, I, no, I initially actually um, bought tickets from someone on the internet um, 
for the last show, which I was kind of, I, I watched the way lot. you said from someone on the internet yeah. was fascinating. <laughs> I like so many, it being such a picture with no information, even how I found this person. But, um, but yeah, I bought tickets and then, and then I ended up having to sell them because, um, someone near and dear to me and my wife, uh, got floor tickets got two extra floor tickets they Whoa. already had floor I tickets it's gonna end with died <laughs> no i mean whatever it takes um no got floor tickets and was like hey we already had floor tickets do you want to buy these just at, and it was like we just got married in june and so it was like um hey as an early wedding gift oh, we'll just resell them awesome. to you at face value instead of making like Bank. Our, our mortgage <laughs> yeah yeah uh, reselling these to strangers on the internet and so we got like I literally spent less money on floor tickets uh, to her show in Texas than the nosebleeds we got for her final show in Whoa. LA. Wow! Um, and the LA show it was you like would have been with Carly. I was Claus. gonna say you could have been right. Carly Claus bought your tickets. <laughs> but literally, yeah, I, I may have sold them to Carly Claus. Wow! Um, and David Kushner, whoever it is, <laughs> who's that man? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jared Kushner. Is that the one? Or that's Josh? Kushner. Is she married to Jared Kushner? No, she's married to Josh. Can Kushner. people oh, name okay. their kids something vastly different? Yeah, like, enough of the different names. Um, yeah, no, but, uh, I'm a very, very big Swifty. Okay. Uh, pretty, I mean, th- it feels like we're, we're learning so much about the two of them by just the f- sheer fact that she was there and in the nosebleed. I just cannot get over that. Right, right. I saw a video today about someone just saying like, literally every comment on every one of Carly's posts is like, where's Taylor? Where's Taylor? Stuff like that. So it's yeah. like, she has been harassed obviously by all these Taylor people in the same way yeah. that like John Mayer and all the people, you know, who maybe are even possibly more deserving of it than yeah um but like to still then just go to the show it's fascinating but also this like this week like i felt like the the gayler theories and stuff that i was seeing on tiktok had like kind of fizzled out for a solid month or two um and then this past week there was a huge ramp up again where like jvn was posting with like like taylor swift lyrics and then what lyrics and then, I, don't, it, I have his well, I think, his hairstyling milk i just got it it's incredible oh wow yeah yeah um i think it was like some taylor swift lyrics and then like hashtag lgbt and stuff like yeah. that, <laughs> that, that that they've like That's since so changed like and, yeah and, but, but all these people like gracie abrams was posting stuff with like a pride flag and all this stuff like wait seemed to be like that's they were, crazy yeah they were like ramping gracie up. abrams is crazy well yeah jj abrams daughter and Whoa. she was on the whose music is phenomenal is jj abrams star wars uh, Star Trek too though he's a lot of those. Oh, yeah. sci-fi big sci-fi guy. big sci-fi guy. if you can't follow it he did it <laughs> um, she was like open for half the tour yeah yeah and so she posted something and all of these posts were on August 3rd Carly Claus's birthday what wait <laughs> yeah it wait was why wild. is Gracie so like, Abrams involved with gay people that's crazy well, and also literally like all of Taylor's openers are queer women Mona, yeah. could you imagine yeah. a conversation between Taylor Swift and Jonathan Van Ness I feel like they'd just be screaming well, at each other. Well, JVN is in uh, the, I think you should, or the, like the, you should, is in, I think you should leave. Um, no, no, no. Is in, uh, I can see you. Uh, maybe that, maybe more than one music video. Cause I know that they're in the, um, uh, you need to calm down music video. Right. With, like Todrick the, Hall. And the stuff. queer one. Yeah. yeah. Wait, yeah. Cut the part where I misgendered JVN. No, 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 no. Actually, JVN uses all pronouns. Wait, so then keep that time. part and then keep this part. <laughs> because then <laughs> no, it's people good. at home it's will good learn. To, we got to check it out. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. I met her, actually. Wait, was she nice? 
they were nice, and I met her at this amazing party where he was so cool. Yeah, I yes. just used all three of the the big three. See how you, easy what that was, boys at home. You just um, broke some of our <laughs> listeners' brains. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people. Your dad listening. has rewinded four times. What I just like, what I mean to people like like my dad understand it's like you just like not everything needs to like make sense to you. You know what I mean? Like you just like they just like figure it out. Yeah, just take. It's honestly, it's it's like I don't think I could get to that place, but it's almost like a, a conquering of gender. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, because like I've talked about this a little bit. I'm a trans woman, and like, if anyone at any point was in an argument with me and became just a horrible, horrible person, they could just be like, "Well, he said this about me," and like mm-hmm. just just misgender me intentionally, which would be awful, obviously, objectively, but like, they just win instantly. You know what I mean? Right. And so like, it's pretty cool that JVN has just been like. Anything you call me, I'm cool it, with. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. that is true. That is true. I will say, though, um, you know Esther's joke where she says, uh, sometimes people are like, what about they, them? And she's like, because she uses she, her. She's like, what about that? I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that <laughs> joke. That is one of my favorite <laughs> jokes of, of Esther's. Anthony goes to my gym. We make eye contact because I stare Anthony at him Porowski? until he looks. Yes. I I've met, never heard his last name before. Yeah, I met him at... Um, I know. I thought he was like a one name like Rihanna. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, he is. He is, but... Uh, but yeah, Anthony Porowski, he was at like some lesbian bar um, that I went to and, and met him and literally like <laughs> a big fan of the Fab Five. And so my wife and I literally walked up to him and his friends and we're like, um, can we just tell you our story? And, and he was so cool and like gave us big hugs and stuff and chatted with us afterwards and asked us about our wedding. And Oh, that's um, really sweet. Yeah, he was awesome. I just started watching... Did it? Did the season just come out, or did I just become involved in the New Orleans season? Oh, it must have just come out. Yeah, because we I watched they, it in they the Catskills. Like, they did two seasons at, in Texas, and JVN fell in love with Texas, and now lives in Austin, and is doing like amazing advocacy work for trans wow. people in Texas. That's cool. That's what I when I I met them at like a they hosted like this watch party thing for the Met Gala, and um, and I got like tickets through a friend. Uh, it was not like as legit as I just made it sound, um, but. But it was really cool, and I got to meet them after, and I was like, hey, thank you so much for what you're doing. Like, yeah. It's crazy that you fell in love. I mean, it was Austin, which is like <laughs> Texas light. But yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Anthony, I, I, um, yeah, he's great. He has, I love his voice. He has like, um, what is it? he's, uh, I, I remember there was an episode where this girl uh, calls everything fancy and like literally going to like Red Lobster and stuff, and, and, um, He's like, I want you to stop saying fancy. <laughs> that is his voice. <laughs> start, start calling things special. Um, I literally just that was a great impression. <laughs> it's very just like kind of like hot frat guy came out as gay. Yeah. yeah it, vibes. Is, it is so sultry. Like, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Is he pan? Or did I make that I up? No. Isn't one of them? I think or all might, of them? Uh, yeah. He's like by adjacent right yeah, yeah. i, I thought he was him at the gym when i see him next time you see him see, yeah. he spends a lot of time recovering between sets on his phone and that's fine because you're allowed <laughs> he's probably to. got business to get to okay he's answering emails. he's in that group chat with the other four he's answering <laughs> but i got really i went down this rabbit hole the other day i was very because you know that song i can see you there was and i was like who's this about and then i was googling like carly Kloss in a suit and a tie but no there's that line that's like in suit and a necktie yeah. and then but then I, w- I actually don't think for the timeline Carly Claus would even make sense for that song. Yeah. Oh, and, and yeah. So back to Kaler stuff. I think that maybe like a lot of people get upset because we fixate too much on the Carly and Taylor of it all when like there's also, you know, people speculating on like Diana Agron and like Zoe Kravitz even like a, a bunch of yeah, other queer right. women that she's allegedly been with. But um, but I think maybe also the reason like Teen Vogue or whatever it was said Kaylor specifically is maybe like 
if you want, you can think of Kaler as like the friendship that they stopped having. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As opposed to Gaylor is like, that's straight up pointing to her queerness or whatever. So maybe it's not a matter of like being reductive, but maybe it's like giving them an out. You know what I mean? So that, yeah. if, so that if any Hitlers are, are reading along, they're like, oh yeah, Kaler, the friendship the between friendship. Carly Kloss and Taylor Swift. Okay. Well, I want everyone at Team The Vogue complicated to know. girl friendship that fell apart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it's okay what they did. Well, I felt like a choice. I feel that it's uh, it's just really interesting to me that she was even there. Yeah, super weird. And she was taking photos with fans. I saw like a video yeah. of that. Um, and it's, and like with all that buildup of Kaylor stuff resurfacing, just this one week leading up I to know. it. I know. Part of me is like, I wonder if she was planted there for the buzz. Totally, I think she was. And it's also like. You mentioned like the end of the tour, but it's kind of like, and you know, I, I really have kind of fallen off of the Harry Potter fandom uh, in line with J.K.'s stances on everything in the world. But get a grip, J.K. But it's kind of like this being the end of the tour is kind of like the end of Deathly Hallows Part One, where it's like, because <laughs> she literally just announced, like, by the way, the tour is not over, right? And she really just wanted to give herself a break and also perform in nineteen cities. And then on eight nine release nineteen eighty nine Taylor's version, she uh, is just she is always looking for those types of things. I love it. She's just full of Easter eggs and all that stuff. Yeah. So, but with that, said, she's always like, doing math. She's yeah, she's always got numbers. She's math. got numbers going on. Always something that's really. And I feel like she really knows her fandom. Like, will look for all these things and, and notice those patterns and like recognize it. So like, I think she's leaned in perfectly into yeah. like all of that. I mean, I think it's like, I think it's, I think it's vile what she's doing. <laughs> to, what if she comes out and then as reputation Taylor's version comes out, I feel like that would be like such an interesting thing to be like, cause that's the last one. It's yeah. like reputation drops. Also I'm queer. Yeah. And you all probably are too. I, I wondered think. if that would be like a mic drop moment last night and I was watching a live stream in case and literally this live stream, which it's brilliant on TikTok. It's, yeah. A uh, live stream on TikTok, and someone just got box seats, which, so it's like great vantage point. Mm-hmm. Uh, pr- really great audio too and um just like set up their camera and played it live and it had like seventy-five thousand people watching wow accrued 13.6 million likes wow 13. Whoa. <laughs> what's 13 that's, that's her big number oh right. christ anything um, with six 13.6 is that anything devil, six, 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 yeah. <laughs> um but she <laughs> Uh, she's gay. That is kind of devilish. Um, <laughs> but she, uh, like the person who made that live, it's like, because people, people on lives and stuff send you like roses or whatever, and they look just stupid, but those are like actual money. Mm-hmm. Like you can convert that to like actual cash. And so it's like, this person's tickets were paid for and then some, like made money. I'm, I mean, I don't know how, like, I, I can't, I don't know how, how all the numbers work or whatever. Yeah. Between all the gifts that this person received from fans who couldn't buy a ticket who were like, thank you so much for this great live stream of it. Yeah. Literally, like I'm sure, paid for her and all of her friends, and then uh, and then some. Um, yeah, it was crazy. That but, is crazy. Uh, but I was wondering if she would be like. And by the way, all this music you've loved, it was queer all along, or whatever. Um, I feel like she's had so many opportunities. I know to come out, and it it's like maybe she lives in the world where people don't have to come out anymore that you described because so she's much singing of, to people that don't. Yeah, but like. So much of her music is like extremely queer, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and not even very veiled. Like, question is straight up about 
Kissgate. Right. And is, yeah. isn't there a song about, a, about it's like a woman's name is Dorothea. the title. Dorothea. Yeah. That's a whole thing. I just feel like she, um, I mean, I, I understand if, like, obviously, like, if she's not at a place yet where she's ready to talk about it or doesn't feel like she should be somebody that's talking about Because also, if she came out, I feel like that would just add a whole new, like, if she was, like, I don't know, don't you think that then she would be, like, at the center of so much queer stuff and, like, maybe it's better that she's not? Maybe. I, well, it's, like, I think I think there's something really beautiful about, like, a queer person, be, like, a powerful person, a person that powerful being openly queer. Mm-hmm. Um but then there is like a, a sad thing that maybe we'll d- dive further into this because it is a crazy footnote in my lived experience. Mm. I used to work for a fraternity. <laughs> right, right, right. And in Indiana. Uh, no, but there's a conference in Indiana. That I'm obsessed with in telling Carmel. people that Indiana is like wherever. Because in college, all these people, Evan Sloot and Marley something, moved to Indiana <laughs> to work for... Nationals? Nationals. Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, so, yeah, our, our headquarters w- were in uh, Virginia, but but yes, we did go to what was a it conference. Called? The fraternity that I was in and that I am in. It's a, it's a lifelong thing. <laughs> unless I've been formally dropped uh, since transitioning. They wouldn't which, dare. I don't know. Yeah, I might be the first ever uh, sister of Sigma Nu fraternity. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. My brother's a Sigma Nu <laughs> at Georgia. He's my brother, too, yeah. I guess. Wow. Go Bulldogs. <laughs> um, wow, I was a Zeta Beta Tau, or Zeta for ZBT? short. Yeah. Oh, wow. Zeta at my alma mater is uh, a sorority, Zeta Tau Alpha. Well, here's the thing. Mine, too. And that's why I was like, I'm a Zeta. Because they were the hot girls. Oh, And we were kind of like the nerds. But wow. I was like, but, I'm a but hot we're girl. both Zetas. But we're that's all adorable. Zetas. Okay, that's cool. Um, but like, I noticed a thing while I was working for that fraternity and presenting as like a cishet mm-hmm. white man um, is that people would listen to me when I would like, you know, like, like, alums from sec schools and stuff who maybe have kind of deeply conservative thoughts on a lot of stuff when i would say like i don't know just like just little things that they'd never considered about like either like black lives matter or queer people or anything like that because they thought like i was one of them yeah they would listen to me in a way that they would never have listened to a queer person or a black person and um so it's like there is a really specific role that like allies can play i think yeah and moving the needle and like so I think Taylor Swift being outspoken about supporting LGBT people and, and at her show where there's 75,000 people saying things like, uh, which, and she's so, she's kind of, she's deeply millennial and chuggy and, and says things <laughs> like, uh, all my guys, gals and non-binary pals or whatever, which is like so chuggy. <laughs> but to say that to 75,000 so people yeah. and like kind of legitimize like, you know, non-binary identities and things like that it is kind of radical for sure and if she were just an openly queer woman i feel like people are are more easily dismissive of stuff like definitely, that which is definitely. a bummer because it's like obviously as a trans person i can now speak to trans experiences far more deeply than i right. ever could have before i ever actually like had lived that experience um but yeah so it's interesting like <laughs> i mean i don't know i guess she did kind of flop though like she she wasn't as outspoken about especially all the like anti-trans legislation and stuff happening yeah. in a lot of the <coughs> states where she was touring, um, which was a bummer because it's like, okay, well, then now maybe she doesn't, ha- like she didn't use the power that she had as just an ally. Or right. Whatever. So she might as well just come out. I love this criticism and I hope that we reference it in the, in, in the cliff notes or whatever. Yeah, it is. The, yeah, I think that's a great point because it is true that I feel like and it sucks that often like people are more likely to listen to somebody who is not in the lived experience of the community talking about it for whatever reason. Like, yeah, like straight 
allyship sometimes can reach further than a queer person talking about it. And I also feel that like if Taylor Swift at this height of her like fame and success has comes out, it's just like we're just gonna take not that there's a ranking necessarily of influence, but like she would be up there and kind of and you know, maybe not the person we need necessarily speaking to a lot of things. It's just like her voice is going to overshadow already so many people who are not being listened to who like, you know, black trans people and, and other queer people have like other experiences. And so I just, so part of me is like, maybe it'd be better if she never did come out. She has done a really <laughs> amazing job of like uh, creating opportunities for people who are maybe mo- more marginalized. For sure. Her, you know what I mean? Like, like when, you know, did you go to the Eras tour? but you're gonna in new Orleans. this new leg um she like all of her dancers are like quite like body diverse and racially That's diverse awesome. and and like a lot of them are presumably queer and um so it's like you know like she's using her platform to like create opportunities for people and like her uh, in one of the midnight's music videos her um uh, romantic interest in the music video is a black trans man oh cool um and so like i think she is like doing her best to yeah. like create opportunities for people who you know cuz like even just like as a white straight passing queer woman like you know it you know all the, the intersectionality of it all she yeah. is um i think leveraging her power still for opportunities for like yeah she does seem to yeah. want to try and is yeah. trying i i do appreciate that i don't feel like she isn't using her platform for some some good for, good. for sure as much as she can um should we should we jump into our questions now that we're back? What's a boys club that you're not a part of? Uh, every day I wake up regretting that I did not go to New York University. Oh, yeah. that's <laughs> a good one. Um, Wait, we've touched on what it is. We've never that's never been. This is never. Club. Yeah, we're let's get into it. Well, it's just um, I think like you know like I, I studied theater. I was an uh-huh. acting major, BFA, and um, where'd you go to school? I went to Texas Christian University. France. Uh, the Horned Frogs, yes. Um, people won't be able to really understand what this is, but uh, on tours they say put up a peace sign, make it fierce, which is basically you like fold your fingers, <laughs> and it, that's that's how you make our that's hands. Gay as hell. <laughs> yeah, that's Everyone totally. send us a picture of what you think this is. Yeah, do a horned frog. Yeah, um, it was a really cool place, but like I think during the audition process, uh, there are a lot of schools like in New York that really like sell New York City as a thing, mm-hmm. and then. Um, you know, I don't know, I, me trying to be, like, smarter than everyone else, when really I was just probably scared to make a leap of faith and come to, like, L.A. or New York. Yeah. Um, was, like, if you have to rely on a city, like, you know, like, the city that your college is in <laughs> to sell your school, it must not be that good of a school. You're really describing Pace University. Okay, <laughs> where, my, where my wife w- is an admissions counselor. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, no, you're right, you're right. No, there's so many schools. But, like, but what I've then realized... Like my entire four years at TCU, I was kind of, and, I, and it's an amazing school. Like, I think I'm good at acting now. And, I mean, I, whatever. I was good at it then. And I was, and and you're I'm great still, now. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, I got a lot of, I honed in on my skill set, tightened things up or whatever. And it's an amazing, like, I love TCU football. I, you know, whatever. Who played in Wait, the national sorry championship? Sorry about that. I know. Sorry about that. Go I dogs. Know. It was, tough. It, that was humiliating. I got, I that got was a tough one. So many friends to come watch the game with us. And TCU lost. Uh, by a historic margin. Yeah, that was pretty tough. To who? Wake Forest? No, to Georgia. Oh. Yeah, in Georgia. the national championship, it was it was quite the beatdown. On New Year's Eve? 
No, the, the one after uh, that. Yeah, January. <laughs> you're 12th, like they play multiple games. No, so, a year. but you're you were correct that there was a Georgia game on New Year's Eve that I was watching. I was highly and aware TCU of it. was playing and, yes, also, and they yeah. beat Michigan. And it's Which like, was that was a great game. It was an amazing game. Yeah. And it's a bummer that like to lose by such a historic margin literally makes people forget that they were still the number two school in the, yeah. in the entire country yeah. this year. Um, like Wait, they were you Michigan. into acting? I was acting. I'm sorry yeah. that I brought this away from sports. No, go no, back. no, you're good. <laughs> go back, go back, go back. But I will say TCU made it to the national championship and then uh, uh, March Madness and yeah. the College World Series. First school to ever do that. That's cool. Um, all in the same year, which is pretty cool. Um, but it, yeah, it was an amazing place. But like I was just like convincing myself the entire four years that I was at TCU. Like I'm like it. Th- there is no difference between like the professional opportunities that I'm getting at TCU versus like, if we're I both purple, like yeah, we're all purple. it's all the same. Go Knights. <laughs> um, I thought that at Elon, mm-hmm. I was like, this is amazing. Cause it's a microcosm of the world. And I'll kind of learn to grow as a person before I like set out to the city. The city will always be there. And it's like, but you won't always be here. No. <laughs> and I think like what I then realized is, uh, like I did improv a little bit, like in college and like was acting and you know, whatever, all that stuff. Um, and then it, when you move to New York, it's like, how long? Like you, so it's like they treat you like, okay, so you're a brand new improviser or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, no, I did it for four years in college, and I, you know, whatever. And uh, if you did improv at NYU, and then you start after you graduate, it's like you've been doing improv for four years, right? You know, um, like, and, and I think, and also just like the proximity to like internships and things like that. Like, Definitely. Like, yeah. Like, or just like knowing what opportunities exist and like what people further along than you are doing. Like I had no sense of that in college at all. Like none. And I feel like if you're probably an NYU in that orbit, you at least you're, you people graduated the year ahead of you who are like making TV shows and like you would be like, Oh, I can ask them. How'd you do that? (laughs) Yeah. And there are people who like people in the like career center at NYU whose job is like TV internships or whatever. And like helping students land those versus like I went to the TCU career center and there was, you know, an amazing, sweet person who helped me. But I was like, hey, I think I'd love to be a, a page at NBC. And he was like, that sounds neat. Let's look into it. And I thought, like, I, th- I have a fair shot of getting this. I was like, no, I was never going to get that. I'm yeah. not the child of a diplomat. <laughs> I remember when I was call in. Call them out. Yeah. When I was in college. At, this is a call to action for. Wait, I just cut you off. This is a call to action for people that are the admissions people at these programs that are, like, gatekeeping it and giving it to someone that works at NYU. And NYU people are going to be here all year around. Give it to them in the fall. Give it to Texas Christian University students in the summer. Go ahead. True. That is true. But uh, I remember when I went to uh, an admissions counselor when I was, like, a junior. Or not an admissions counselor. A career counselor at Wake trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I, it was when I was first starting to realize, I was like, I think I want to go into like comedy and like writing. I would like to do that. And it was like, I went to her in like the beginning of my junior fall semester. And I was like scheduled to sign or to like audition for our um, sketch group, like in like a couple weeks or something. And I had never done any performing before that. And I was like, I, I really want to be a comedian and a writer. And she was like, okay. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm supposed to like try to join the sketch group and stuff. And she was like, okay, like, why don't we see if you get in and then we'll, and then we'll talk more about it. And then I was like, okay. And it's like, jokes on you, bitch. (laughs) I'm at, I have a podcast now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wait, we're all going to drag anybody. They Um, really don't. They really don't. It's no, you got to know how to erase an SD card. (laughs) And it is interesting. Like, the the weird misconception of like the the ladder that you have to climb like like if you didn't get on that sketch team I guess that person would have then been like well, well guess you're, you're not gonna, gonna make do it, it. And it's like, and it, yeah like there's people who 
didn't get on their sketch team or improv team in college and then become like an stars. Yeah. Star or whatever. You know <laughs> yeah. What I mean? like, um, it's like a weird false equivalency. Yeah. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but there were a couple of like wake acting majors who then like went down and like worked at Disney. Like that's a thing too. That is a thing. It's kind of intense to get like the the princess job. Oh, totally. At yeah. Disney, that's they're not just giving that away. No. Yeah. You got to be. They're not even giving away like the janitor roles. I know. At Disney, no, because there's the Disney College program. Another thing that I'm not, um, a boys club I'm not in, uh, the Disney College program, which is like Disney's internship program. Whoa. And it's um, it's wild. Um, my wife did it. She got like one of the most difficult to get. She she worked at the Bippity Boppity Boutique. That's uh, awesome. She was a, a fidget, F-G-I-T, which is a fairy godmother in training. <laughs> um, and Wait, so, in college or after? So she, you can. A fidget, it, you that can, is a little close to some sure, other words. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, you don't want to shout that uh, in Bushwick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she did it like right. You can either do it during college or immediately after you graduate. And that's when she did it. Um, and basically yeah she gave like makeovers to kids or whatever and she was like a, a fairy godmother in training so like you're working toward getting your 10,000 hours of fairy godmother training before you become a fairy Malcolm godmother 10,000 hours <laughs> and just like, I think that's Malcolm Gladwell <laughs> no it's Ma- the song there's a Macklemore song that's like you are right we're both right Macklemore Gladwell Macklemore Gladwell there's a song like 10,000 hours felt like 10,000 sometimes when I work really hard I listen to it that's funny that's awesome <laughs> Um, yeah, she, she did that, but like she worked with people who also took internships through Disney, but literally custodial and stuff. And, and so it's like, you're, you're a sophomore in college and you leave for a semester, probably push back your graduation date so that you can clean the Epcot toilets. Oh my God. This feels, um, exploitative. Oh, it's exploitative. I feel like it is. Exploitative. This feels bad. It definitely does feel that way. Yeah. Disney's crazy. Yeah. Disney's crazy. Disney's wild. Abigail Disney's cool. Say it again. Abigail Disney. She's the, like oh. the heiress. Yeah, the Disney heiress. She's like leading. Can or, or somebody get her in charge of whatever's happening uh, right now Bob with, with, with all that stuff, all the oh, strike yeah. stuff? Get her I in there. Know. Well, <laughs> she, maybe she's been like, you know, like disowned or something because she's like fully uh, participating in like climate protests. And like good. Claudia Conway. Good. You know Claudia Conway? Uh, yeah. Kellyanne Conway's cool. Yeah, she's oh, like, yeah. The, she was on TikTok. She was like, she's blew up cool the, yeah, because she was like, my mom sucks. Yeah. Isn't like Caroline Calloway her. someone too? That she name sounds familiar. That I believe was on a Z-Way live back during coronavirus. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. good for the for the girlies, the heiresses of these big companies. They're stepping up for us. My boys club is heiresses, <laughs> which I'll never be because my parents don't own anything. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. too late for that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so for NYU, so do you do you? I've also had like I, I there was a time when I really wish I went there, and I've kind of come around on the other side of it. But I, I'm interested. Do you still feel like you wish you would have gone that way? I don't know. I I think ultimately like. What's the point in wishing? Right, but, uh, right, right. But no, I, I wonder, like, because, so TCU, interestingly enough, was like this liberal oasis to me mm-hmm. coming from Midland, which is funny because it's Texas Christian University. Like, that sounds redundant. Yeah. Um, and it's been ranked as, like, one of the more conservative uh, schools in the country, which I don't, I, just, I starkly disagree with that. But, um, but I guess I was in the theater bubble or whatever mm-hmm. and all that. But it was just like, pretty much my first exposure to even an outlet of, you know, 
liberalism or anything right. like that, where even just having a pocket of it. Um, so I wasn't like hanging out with like a bunch of business students or anything like that, but it felt pretty open-minded and which was at the time before I came out and stuff like that. So maybe if I took a, another look at it mm-hmm. since coming out, I think a lot of the time it's like, it feels really queer affirming for people who aren't queer. And then you, yeah. you realize, Oh, I think maybe this was, you know, had its flaws. But, um, but I wondered if, uh, getting my feet wet in like the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, um, was what I needed in order to like then be ready for the, you know, busiest city in the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like, yeah, there's a lot of personal growth and things that occurred at TCU that I don't know if I would have like been able to go through at, at a place like NYU where it's like, almost, you kind of almost need to be like a ready to go package deal at 18 or whatever right. when you get to NYU. And, um, and so there's that, but then at the same time, I wonder if like more exposure to like queer and trans people may have helped me come yeah. out earlier. And, yeah. Uh, and also just getting connected to people who could, you know, help my career along a little bit faster. But ultimately, it's like still all working out. Like, yeah. I'm pretty at peace with my life. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I because I also like I feel very similar. Like right first where I, I was when I first moved here, and I like saw how many people went to NYU, and it seemed like oh, they already have all this figured out. They've been doing this for so long. They've had connections that have go back years and years and years. And I when I first moved here was like very uh, jealous of that. And then at, over time, like I'm the, it, similarly like I feel like and I, I it's hard to know like if I moved to New York City when I was 18, would I have come out sooner? Yeah. Probably, maybe, who knows? But I, I agree that I don't think I was ready to be the comedian I wanted to be or the person, the man I wanted to be until, you know, a couple of years ago. So yeah. it's like, I, I don't know that it would have been helpful for me to like be here and like trying comedy through a, a lens that was mm-hmm. not quite right. So like, h- had I come out earlier, maybe then I would have also been ready for the, but I, I feel like my voice and my, it all kind of came together at the yeah. same time. And I just don't know that I would have been able to use the opportunity to my advantage but you know like you said it's like who who fucking knows it's impossible to to know (laughs) i I do think about that like um like you know i I don't know like maybe maybe you um in your experience like have this similar level of like um i don't know pressure that you kind of put on yourself where it's like because i grew up in midland texas and then i went to tcu and then i worked for sigma new fraternity i am like the kind of like point of entry into knowing a trans person for mm-hmm. so, like almost everyone that I knew for the first like 24 years of my life. Totally. Like I'm their first trans friend or whatever, um, coworker, whatever else. Um, in a way that like, you know, if I, if I'd gone to NYU, it's like, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like I do feel like that's a cool thing because like, you know, I've had a, su- like a surprising amount of people be like, Oh my God, you seem so happy. Like, this is so cool. Like, whatever, yeah. and, you know, and, um, you know, not almost, I don't know, not to like objectify myself, but like, I do feel like there are a lot of people who have had their like minds changed or opened at least, uh, to like a trans person because of my proximity to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I also could have escaped. I mean, I've, I've lived a life of significant privilege my entire life, just, you know, by being white and being born into parents who like always had means and things like that. And so I feel like obviously there was, my experience at Wake was not as a queer person was like f- fine, I would say it was it wasn't that bad, but it also wasn't great. But I I do think I would have probably escaped some of the like understanding and like I don't know just empathy I've had for other queer experiences and like people queer people in the South and also like the nuances of like I feel like a lot of people up in in New York think like 
I, I'm sure you feel this too. Like anytime I tell people I'm from the South, they're like, oh my God, like how did you do that? And it's yeah. like, it, it, yes, it wasn't always great, but there are good people down there too. Like it's not so black and white. So I do feel grateful for the fact that I did spend some time being queer in somewhere other than New York City just to like, I don't know, just give myself a little bit more of a perspective on how other people's lives might be because I think you can very easily move up here and just, I'm in a bubble now of like a lot of queer people and people of means and artists and things like that and it's like if I had never spent any time anywhere else, I don't know that I would have recognized how hard some things could be. Yeah. Does that make sense? And how special it is to, yeah. to have found this bubble. Yeah, yeah totally. I have like a, a definitely like a real appreciation for it having come from somewhere else. Yeah, and an empathy for people who are like growing and learning because I feel like there are a lot of people who like police, I don't know, like who are, you know, like a one strike policy with totally mediocre people who are trying to get better who, you know, grew up to like two lesbian moms in Vermont or whatever. Yeah. And like who were born woke. And it's like, sorry, a lot of people have to get there. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not because they don't like want to be a good person it's it's you know what i mean it's rarely yeah. that's the case you know it's they just don't know how to yeah. not not how to be a good person but how to talk about certain things you know yeah yeah i think if i had moved here at 18 that would have been really bad because i was like such an alcoholic <laughs> <laughs> like i would in the throes of it really. i would people would find me in bushes like literally like in north carolina which is fine way safer than because it was north carolina whereas yeah. like here's like where would who would have been around? Where would that have landed? How'd this guy find a bush? Yeah. Did he bring the bush with him? <laughs> yeah. Look at so all that foliage he's got. Yeah. Yeah. And when I'm, and when I was 18, I didn't want to be a comedian. I wanted to be a, a Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. So like, I literally was like doing Equus on a horse monologues. And like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it's true. It's like, I wish we all went to NYU, but at the same time, it's like, well, all I know is who would we have been? And I guess it's like, to wish that is to kind of like reject what you have right now. And like, and I feel like that's so beautiful for all of us. We all have like good shit. Yeah. Yeah. Brag. 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 I I also, I think I've said this before, maybe on the podcast, but excuse me. Um, I also do not envy. I feel like I have grown up a lot in the last, however many years it's been since I was 18. I am grateful now to be that I'm not around people who knew me in college that way. And who would have watched me kind of grow into my voice as an artist and as a person and all that. Like, it's like, I, I don't necessarily need, I, I'm very grateful that 99% of people who have met me in New York City have met me post-transition yeah. or like in the beginning of it or whatever. And like, ha- didn't have to like, I don't have to be, a, like, I'd see people from college, but it's like, it's it's not in my day to day. And that's, yeah. and that's very, I like that distance <laughs> personally in like a professional-ish setting, you know? Yeah, I have a really like, um, special place in my heart for both of those kinds of people, like people who I was out to long before I ever transitioned or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. who like I would literally like have, because I was an acting major, I'd be like in a Chekhov play and I'd have like a five inch beard or whatever and be talking to a friend while I'm like, I'm about to go to my fraternity meeting and I'm wearing a suit or whatever. And then I like talk about wanting to transition or whatever. And they like chose to see me yeah, uh, and meet me there or whatever, who like those people who can now like celebrate with me in, in a yeah. similar way. But then it's also really cool to have people who have only ever known you as yourself and who see like pre-transition photos and are like, who is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is really cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. No, it's... Yeah. Yeah. I feel like for like my intimate friendships, I do... It's been like this consistent like evolution for me of like being anxious of rejection from old, old friends. Yeah. And kind of assuming that they're not gonna take it well or assuming that that relationship will be forever different or shattered and then seeing them seeing them you know now and it being the same and fine and everything is like and that's really beautiful 
Um, and I think really just for the people I want to only have met me after, it's really like, especially in like the comedy scene, just like pure like acquaintances and like people who like do kind of know intimate details about you via the material we talk about sure, on stage course, yeah. and just being like, but you don't get to know everything. You know, it's just like there is a nice distance there, yeah. which I appreciate for like purely like acquaintances. Do you like having um, people who like, do you, do you ever put yourself in a situation where you like explicitly choose not to disclose your transness? Um, uh, like I wouldn't, if it comes up naturally or something, or if it, I would probably say it, but it, it kind of just depends on the person. Like if it's like a very, if it's clearly going to be like a quick interaction and somebody who it's like in passing, totally. you know, in a, in a store or just like, sometimes it happens at work, uh, with like coaching, like if parents are talking and like, if it doesn't need to come up, I don't sure. bring it up. Um, but I guess I'm never like faced with it and being like trying not to answer the question, I guess. Yeah. I find yeah. like, cause you know, um, and passing is an interesting, like, you know, I don't know, unfortunate thing cause it's loaded and it's complicated and you know, you don't have to pass to be valid or whatever, but it is an important thing to me. And, um, I find that I like sometimes I'm being a little bit defensive when I like, when I, I come really clean very quickly or not clean cause it's not a dirty thing, but like I, I own my transness very quickly in my sets mm-hmm. as a means of like, of almost like addressing like my voice is a little bit deeper than you might expect or whatever and um i think i want to get ahead of it so that yeah so that i own it and i don't have to watch your face be like is she trans or you know like right. i, I want to be like i'm just gonna go ahead and say this so that you don't ha- or whatever but it's like it is really affirming where, and, and i do you know improv and other stuff that doesn't rely on just like my written material or, or mm-hmm. whatever and like occasionally i'll do a show where I don't address it whatsoever. And then, and then when people still gender me correctly, it's like, Oh cool. Like it's, it's uniquely affirming. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a, it's been an evolution for me too. We've talked about this sometimes. It's just about, yeah. Like, especially when you do autobiographical material and your identity is something that could be in question for the audience. I have always started with being like, I'm going to do a quick joke about this immediately and you're going to understand everything that's going on and we're going to get it over with. I'm ripping it off like a bandaid, but it's been interesting because like over the last like year or so, probably I've kind of realized that like, and I have jokes about the fact that like people don't always know that anymore because I'm passing a little bit more. Um, And that's been a weird thing and an interesting thing to adjust to, to be like, I wonder if I could do an entire set never, not even dressing it and anybody would know and it's like and then it's like what do they think of me then like i'm just like this short little guy like i it, it's just so interesting i don't know because I, I i i mean obviously this goes with gender dysphoria in general but like having no idea like what they see sometimes yeah. and that's a really weird thing as a stand-up because you realize so you're so you so need to understand what the audience thinks of you and and manipulating how they see you and stuff like that and like it's such a big part of your interaction with the audience so there's times when i'm like negotiating that and trying to figure that out and then being like well then what do I want to talk about if and I but because I'm also still like I guess I wouldn't necessarily have to talk about being trained but I like talking about it totally and so that's been a a weird like ebb and flow too where I think people are like oh this is like at some point you 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 probably don't even have to talk about it anymore and I'm like well I kind of always want to talk about it Mm -hmm. so yeah and it's like a thing that you're always going to think about particularly like you know, the particular hormones that I use, I use every single day. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't do like a weekly injection or anything like that. So it's like, I do have a twice daily reminder yeah. of my transness all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I, I wonder, and I think that was in Detransition Baby where, um, or maybe it was in Nevada, which is another great book. Um, I'll read it a month. I read again. I'll read it next <laughs> trimester. You should. Um, 
but about like a, a one of the characters in either of those books is um, deep into her transition and and asks herself, it's Nevada. Um, she's like, I wonder if I'll ever like have a day that I don't think about being trans or whatever. Right. Yeah. And, um, and it's weird. Cause it's like, I don't know that I will, you know, but yeah. it's also like, I'm fine with it. I'm not judging my transness when I think about it, but it is a thing that comes up and, I, right. and it is interesting. And it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. It, it, yeah, it just, it's, 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 I don't know. It's the lens through which I see the world. And I f- feel like there will never be a time where it won't impact the way I see things. Yeah. Especially because our world is so gendered, so you are constantly being faced with like all kinds of things that would like trigger a thought of of gender, and then I.e. by that you're transness. You know, I just right, right. It's like, almost impossible. To avoid. And things and things that cis people just like don't even consider, like the buttons on shirts being on different sides. Yeah. Uh, did you know that? No. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So like men's like a shirts. Collared shirt. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, if any you have a button-down shirt. Um, on a men's shirt, the buttons are on the right side, and on a women's blouse, uh, they're on on the left side. Yeah, like, is that? I have no truly idea. No clue. No idea. But it's there's a joke about it in the office where Michael Scott has like a women's blazer on, and then they're like, he's like, they're going back and forth trying to decide if it's a women's blazer, and then I think Pam or somebody says like, what side are the buttons on? And then he's like, oh shit, because they're on like the left side yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I have no idea why. No, no clue. But it's like, and that's the point, I think. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> we're gendering things for the sake of gendering. Them. Right. Like, I remember a long time ago, I, I asked my mom if I could borrow some hairspray. And it was like before I transitioned. And she was like, well, that's for girls. And I'm like, it's literally not. Everybody has hair. <laughs> and yeah. yeah like it holds your hair in place. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, yeah, just needlessly gendering. Things. Yeah. Like that a person could be like, well, um, a toaster is a girly thing, but... <laughs> Uh, but a like microwave a, but is, a for boys. <laughs> is for boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Actually, I just received. Um, I, I think I've I've used HelloFresh at two separate times in my life, pre and post transition, and I literally, um, I got two mailers the other day that were addressed to my dead name, my, uh-huh. my boy name, and my new you know girl name, uh, Jessica L. Jean, and um, and it dawned on me a little bit afterwards. They're like, they're explicitly different but they were they, the contents were literally the exact same on the inside that's so interesting but, um, the, the is one the brown was, one the boy one uh-huh <laughs> yeah so uh for people listening one is like a, a kind of a gritty like recycled paper manila yeah. type color and then the other one is white and like has like little what do marketers like do in these days yeah and and they uh, gender us so they can sell things to us folks okay yeah. that's why and the girl one is like um smaller like it's more dainty yeah and uh and there's like a really cute pretty i bet font. they're i bet they're pushing different meals and stuff too i would bet wait that is cr- so fascinating Isn't that so funny and they're the both man one looks more expensive i feel like they're yeah. spending more that could be it that could they're, be they're it. buying steaks they're buying steaks no i bet they are pushing different foods too which is also crazy yeah <laughs> my nails are like a new thing for me that kind of came late in life yeah if this is late in life and the year goes late in life. We don't know how long we're going to be here. Late in life is a spectrum based on how long we live. And, totally. But it has been like this, such a, and in New York, it's so lovely to have like my nails. I like love it. I just think it's like fun and weird and like a different thing to do. Yeah. But then when I go home, I feel that it's like, oh, like this is very, like, I guess it's, I, like, yes, it's gendered in New York, but I think like less so than it would be like in Lafayette Hill, Pennsylvania. And then my family member was like, what's up with the nails? And it's like, what do you lame. mean? What's yeah, up with lame. the nails? Yeah. I'm 
uh, creative, but also like, yes, I'm a creative. And then also it's just like, why, like, why is this, there's such a gendered association with something like yeah. this. And like the person that you mentioned on the train up, up top, um, I know. was wearing a suit. Yeah. Uh, the, a deeply gendered male thing. Yeah. And had gorgeous nails that you loved. Um, I know. Pastels. He was going into his marketing job to be like, why don't we send them all the same envelope? Yeah. <laughs> he was fighting. Yeah. He was voted down. Any of our marketing, any boys at home that are in marketing, undo the gendering of marketing. Yeah. Cut it out. Be away with it. Wait, in college, I wrote a paper <laughs> about... Um, <laughs> about the marketing of yeah let them know <laughs> if this was a stand-up set i'd say that's my ride everyone would laugh and i'd be like i'm a fraud <laughs> like in college i wrote a paper about the that's marketing. queer hack that is that is that actually is. queer hack is just all hack. it's just like whatever is hack <laughs> for everybody no you know what queer hack is queer hack is when you can't get the mic into the stand and you're like i can never get it into the hole and then everyone laughs and you're like oh gross i do not miss the days of like when we were still putting mic covers on the microphones in like the heat of the, and, and people would be like, oh, it's like putting a condom on. It's like, and you, we're, <laughs> you are the 8,000th person to say that. 8,000. And it's not. Even I think the first person to say it was the 8,000th What's person funny about that it. is that in some ways that is co- like how you imagine a child would learn comedy is that they see, they're like, okay, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel gets up and says this thing, and now I'm gonna get up and say this thing. And yeah, like it's like literally like replicating like what it is too. It's like first comes the performance of comedian, and then comes writing. Like yeah. those are separate. Yeah, things. that's true. Yeah. Wait, but this paper that I wrote that was about the um gendered marketing between Coke Zero and Diet Coke, about how Diet Coke was marketed to women and Coke Zero was marketed to men, and I was like. Thanks. I was like 19. I was like, I was really going to change the conversation. I feel like that has to do with like the light gray and then the black of Coke Zero. Yes. And I think yeah. the word diet, men consider diet to be a word that suggests they care about their bodies. And this was like nine years ago. And God forbid men care about their bodies. Well, yeah. what's a boys club that you are a part of? Um, gosh, you know what? I wrote a give, few so we can talk You give about people it. no time. I love the way you dress. <laughs> Thanks. I was thinking that. I was like, I want to... I want a sporty shirt. This is um, a t-shirt from when I was in, I think, eighth or ninth grade. That somehow I'm never acquiring t-shirts. See, I was always getting t-shirts in like early high school that were way too big for me, and now they fit. So, and then these are just shorts from uh, I don't even know. I'm gonna tell my dad that I want shorts shirts from his work that say like LaSalle wrestling on it. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway. Um. My dad's the wrestling moderator. You didn't guess that about me, did you? <laughs> Is he really? Yeah. Good for him. Moderator. Of course. Moderator. He, he goes, uh, boys, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it clean. <laughs> Not a coach. Um, <laughs> let me see. I wrote down a few clubs that I'm a part of. Uh, Swifties was one. Yes. God. Love. Texans, um, or just people from the South in general. Uh, and then drivers in New York. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, let's talk about that. That one. gets yeah. into what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, let's it does. talk extensively about your car, why you have it, and where you take it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, technically, it is my wife's car that we share. It's a 2015 Honda Accord. It's beautiful. It's a lovely vehicle. Um, we thank you, we thank you again for letting us borrow it. Of course, of course. It's it's a really endearing thing when someone's like, "Hey, a bunch of us are um, going upstate next weekend," and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm about to get invited to go upstate <laughs> next <laughs> And I heard you have a car, Jesse Ballard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, no, happy to lend it. Actually, you know, I didn't have to worry about parking, um, so it was kind of nice. Although, did Jesse tell you? Yeah, I sent her fourteen dollars for the ticket. I figured. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, I need to do she, that, Jesse. Uh, I'm sending you money. She brought it back in in great shape, but um, 
I was literally trying on these, like, <laughs> I'd just been thrifting the day that y'all got back, mm-hmm. and um, I was trying on these, like, see-through purple pants, so I wasn't, like, in the position to, like, go out to the car. I yeah. was just coming to the door to get the keys and be like, hey, all right, where'd you park, you know, whatever, and um, because she's not a typical New York driver, she doesn't really know how absurdly it's complicated insane. parking in New York is, and so she was just like, oh, yeah, I parked just, like, down the block around the corner, and... There's a version of that that works just fine, and so I was like, okay, great. I'll, and that's a, I was like, that's a, uh, that's a that's a Tuesday Friday spot, so I'll move it Tuesday morning or yeah. whatever. And then um, I was like out getting some steps in on on Monday afternoon, and I walked by the car, and I was like, oh, that's that's not a legal parking spot. Yeah. I knew the second I saw it, I was like, oh. <laughs> um, Wait, I couldn't park in Chicago. I don't know how I would do it in New York. It, it, well, yeah. So it's just like so she was. And a pretty explicit, I mean, it, it, there's a red sign that says no standing anytime. <laughs> she framed it like there was no way she could have known. <laughs> that was I, mean, I guess illegal. I understand. That's maybe, so funny. She's like, I'm not standing, I'm parking, which is like worse. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think no standing technically means like, means like you can't even like put your hazards on and like p- yeah. park there for a second. Which is like not really enforced whatsoever. But certainly if you park it there overnight, for it's sure. going to get a ticket. For sure. And um Kind of a, a, a yeah, kind of a steep one, one hundred and fifteen dollars. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a Kathy Hochul. Yeah. 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 We have strong opinions about her on this podcast. <laughs> I'm glad that she's uh, managing the parking situation, but not the L train, which was slow. Well, today. is she managing the parking situation because it's impossible to find parking? Then no, add it to the list of things well, she's not, not managing. Fine, yeah. But it's impossible to know all the rules and regulations right, all the time. Right. Right. So yeah. it's just like, it, um, and I live across the street from a school, and it's like. I don't know. There was like a, last year. There was a summer break where all of a sudden all, all the uh, parking spots that Monday through Friday are illegal from seven a.m. to four p.m. became legal for the whole summer. Oh, that's nice. But then they like didn't really announce when school was back in session. So then just one day I had a ticket. Ah, that sucks. Um, and did you fight it? I tr- I started to, and then I was just like, it's Wait, not worth it. The bureaucracy in this country is insane. Yeah. The red tape. They'll get you every time. They'll get you to pay every time. Wait, this is like a big part of your life. It is, yeah. And also, like, if I if there isn't a spot, like, if it's Monday and there's not a Tuesday Friday spot available, you can just sit in your car. And as long as you're sitting in the car, there's like this understanding that the traffic parking person has, where they'll walk by you, they'll see you, and they'll just keep walking. Because it's kind of like the second you start to give me a ticket, I'm driving away. Yeah. So it's like, all right, we, I understand that that's how it's going to work. And so the street cleaner is just not going to get to do his job today because you're just blocking him from <laughs> doing it. Um, no one moves to New York because it's clean, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, this, yeah, the sidewalks aren't that Oh, the bad. street cleaner is going to blow some trash around? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. For COVID, they actually, they changed it and it was only the first day listed. So, and there are some streets apparently that are like Monday, Wednesday, Friday street cleaning. And, and so, my, but mine, like Monday, Thursday, it would, the street cleaner would only come on Mondays. And so it was so much easier to yeah. just move it on a Monday or whatever. And um, and now that it's twice a week, it's a lot more. And if annoying. we could all keep our streets clean, would we even need to move the cars? I keep my side of the street clean. <laughs> Taylor. I keep my side of the street clean. clean. What is that? You. Karma. Karma is my boyfriend. Love that song. Karma is God. <laughs> um, We're so different because I remember you being like, I love Karma. And I was like, did we listen to the same album? <laughs> just like, did not speak to me. <laughs> I thought it was fun. It is fun. Wait, what's the hits different? 
Yeah. Have you heard Hits Different? No. Hits Different? It's one of the new like bonus tracks. In oh, the, I haven't uh, listened to any of the bonus. Yeah, edition or whatever. Do you like you're now? losing me? It's so good. And it's all it's ob- it's also very queer. <laughs> Did you hear her say that the five bonus tracks on 1989 are so good and she doesn't know how they were left behind? I lost my mind when I oh. read that on an Instagram caption. I wow. thought I, so I when she announced so that um I thought that I thought that I was so slick um because I I was like watching this live stream mm-hmm. the second it dropped I refreshed her website and literally the second that she she dropped it at at the show the website was like you could buy the vinyl and all that stuff like wow it was amazing um is, is there a track listing on the vinyl that you can buy so Not that's yet. the thing there's a track listing <gasps> on, on a, a cassette tape that she posted. Are the new songs on it? They're not. Oh. I like took a picture of it because I was like, I bet they, they goofed. And like, this is a thing that in five minutes is going to be different, Gone. but I'm going to uh, do this. And so I took a picture of it and it was not like, Taylor's oh, team. Side A. Not Taylor's has, team. Has just the normal. Does it know, end on clean or new romantics? This love. Ba-da-da-ba-ba-ba. It ends on this love. Yeah. What the hell? I think that is that not no she ends the, the normal one on clean and then she ends the extended on new romantics. Well, I for one am excited. Well, I'm not even seeing for the new song. Are you impressed with me that I had all that information? Wow. You think me, a sober alcoholic, doesn't know where clean is on the track <laughs> listing? It's, I'm not. I'm not even seeing it at all. <gasps> but it's welcome to New York, blank space, style, out of the woods. All you had to do was stay, shake it off. So all you had to do was stay is the weirdest track five. Uh, bad blood, wildest dreams. How you get the girl? Uh, what and this uh, love? Good. I know places. Did you say? Um, Maybe that's on the B side. Something's got to be on the B side. I know. Did you skip? This I know is places. Wild. Um. No. Imagine if I applied myself <laughs> to something worthwhile. Totally. <laughs> wow. It's a. Uh, I mean, if there's only five bonus tracks, and then it sounds like three to four of the other songs that you guys know are the, the yes. bonus. What the I just love about 1989 is that it does feel like it all is in some ways the same song but not in a bad way like I always want there's always a part of the song where I think she should say this was Wonderland like she's kind of always like going in between in and out of the same thing and I just love that I love that too I love I love 1989 so much it's such a sun a fun summer album and it's why I got so when's it coming out October October 27th 27th, yes which is the day before my parents got married okay it's honestly I think we have a voice club that day. October 25th. No. I'm pretty sure it's the 27th. I'll fight you. I'll fight you. <laughs> you I'm looking it up right now. Win. I'm looking it up right now. It probably is. You're probably right because... October wait. 27th. It's Friday. Why don't we ever bet money with each other? Because I would be nickel and diming you. I'd be taking all that you're worth. No, but I would be so elated to like have something else to live for. And <laughs> I think the high of gambling would really do it for me. I don't think you need that. I, <laughs> I just quit cardio and it was groundbreaking. It's day 10 of no cardio August. And um, Do I look different? No. And though yeah. he's not been going to cardio, I would say maybe the the thought of it not happening is is equally consuming. <laughs> it is funny because it's like I don't feel like I have more time. Because <laughs> we're spending a lot of time thinking about it. I know. <laughs> That's okay. Well, That's I was okay. on the Soul Cycle app, journey. and it reminded me scrolling the Soul Cycle app does remind me of walking down the wine aisle, where it's just like there's nothing in here for you. Get off. Why even entertain this? Yeah. Get out of here. You're not going to go to class. No and Chardonnay you're for you. <laughs> don't even walk down the aisle. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, it's bad. Okay, should we do our What's a boys last club question? What's you wish to see in the world? Wait, reset. Wait, what? What's a boys club you wish to see in the world? Well, h- how great was that time, man? <laughs> uh, a boys club I wish to see in the world. It's uh, well, it feels 
you know, funny to call it a boys club, but um, like trans women seeing each other in the world. Yeah. And being able to acknowledge each other. Yeah. I love I don't that. Know if this makes sense. Definitely. But, um, and I don't know if there's a similar thing with trans men or, or but um, like, like, okay. Cause, okay. So like, gay men are fighting for the right to like for uh, for the right to be like visible right mm-hmm. like hold hands in public or whatever mm-hmm. and i think there is like something really special about getting to be like an out trans woman and the fact that like i don't have to prioritize like voice training or whatever which is right. an interesting thing like uh when trans men transition obviously you know this but um for for the listeners at home who don't like taking testosterone thickens your vocal cords and it literally changes your voice mm-hmm. um uh, but with trans women, like when you block testosterone and take estrogen, like it doesn't do the opposite. Like your vocal cords have already been thickened. And so you right. have to do vocal training, which to me is just like really daunting, especially when like I do stand up and stuff, which is like, and I sing. And so like my voice is like the, the one kind of one of the, the things that I own really, really, yeah. you know, intensely. And, um, so it's just overwhelming and like scary to have to do vocal training. And I've, I've met trans women who, uh, are playful with vocal training and it's like I commend them but like almost in a way because they need to but like overcorrect um and and sound I don't know I'm, I'm this is internalized transphobia but being like you know sounding like Minnie Mouse or something sure, like that yeah on their path to finding their voice or whatever but, yeah but like you know I don't know um projecting internal transphobia onto that it's like oh god I don't want to sound silly or yeah, whatever right yeah. like it's a fear that I have and um well there's this fear of like I feel this all the time, like of anybody knowing that you're trying yeah. and that there is some effort involved. And it's like, does that negate the naturalness of who I am? That's so real. And and it's like, um, I even see that in like improv where people like, yeah. like it, it can be humiliating to try because it's like, it's really risky. Cause yeah. like if it flops, it's like, well, everyone knows I really was trying. Yeah. Versus I think there's like a, like a kind of a hybrid stand up improv style where it's like you're kind of making fun of improv the entire time you're uh-huh. doing it so that if you do kind of try a little bit you can always fold and be like that's stupid yeah you know, you know? yeah um today i listened to drew barrymore on the mike birbiglia podcast which is <laughs> months old but i mean like i love drew i listen to everyone who has a one-man show or is a stand-up yep or is drew barrymore, or is drew barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like now we have michael j fox and i'm like no i don't know who that is i'm not listening totally um she says for com- com- comedians for comedy You've just gotta leave it all out there and and know that on the drive home you're gonna be you're gonna be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Drew, no one's driving home first of all. And second of all, <laughs> like, that is beautiful. Tony's like, leave it all out there. Yeah, she wrote that just yeah. for me. I'm the only, only, only <laughs> yeah. person ever driving home from you Um But like, a lot of trans people, and I, you know, like, I, I, oh, all that to say, like, um, me not having to do voice training because I live in a place where trans people just exist and mm-hmm. like it's not the end of the world that they do uh, is a huge privilege. Like if I had still lived in Texas, I probably would have to take yeah. voice training more seriously for my own safety mm-hmm. um, and comfort. But um, anyway, uh, a lot of trans people are kind of like fighting or, or working toward like invisibility, right? Yeah. Like, um, Cause it's very cool. Like it, it's amazing that, there are a lot of parts of the country where you can now be an out and proud trans person and like just the life we've chosen as, you know, comedians who talk about our trans lives. Mm-hmm. Like we have just chosen to like live in that world or whatever, but like a lot of people, uh, transition and, and the term is like going stealth where 
they basically live as a cis woman or a cis man mm-hmm. um, and don't tell people, you know, unless they absolutely need to know. But like there are like trans women who have undergone bottom surgery and stuff who literally like are married to men who don't know that they're trans. You know what I mean? Whoa. And um, that's complicated. Totally, totally. Um, and it's like a matter of like their own safety or their own internalized transphobia, things like that. But um, but an interesting thing about that is that like. I yeah, I can clock a trans person a lot more easily than I think like a cis, a typical cis person sure. might because I've fixated on trans bodies my totally. entire life. It takes one to know one kind of yeah, situation yeah, all exactly, the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, so it's not to say like you're not beautiful and you're not passing or whatever right. else. I only see you because I know exactly what I'm looking for right. or whatever. Right. And um. And because of our own like internalized transphobia, I don't necessarily want someone to see me and think like. A trans girl or yeah. whatever. Even if they're even if they have positive feelings about a trans girl, um, because of things that I have to work through in real time with you guys right now, um, like you know, it, it can almost ruin your day totally. if someone clocks you or whatever. And the bummer about that is like, I could have a deep personal connection with some trans girl that I see on the train, but I know that if she acknowledges me, it could ruin my day. And if I acknowledge her as trans it could ruin her day. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, when it's like, I'm not seeing you because you look, you know, quote unquote in a bad way, look trans. Yeah. I'm seeing, you know, it's just like, it's a weird thing. And it, it is. And so I wonder, like, I, I guess the club that I wish there was, was like, even just like having like a secret handshake or something Definitely. like that. Where like literally, um, I, I won't say what the actual thing was out of respect for Sigma Nu fraternity. I but knew this was going to go to Sigma Nu. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'll do CBTs right now. We do oh. know what it is. Good thing this isn't a video podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we've Are given we away a secret. I actually think what you did at the end was right. I know it was, yeah. Oh, wait, you know I'm a member of... Oh, wait. Do you know yours? Oh, uh, maybe everyone's is kind of similar. Yours is this. Uh, we're doing a... We're doing a fraternity right handshake over there but, now. Um, well, never mind. So you just did... But I ran into my G little... <laughs> who lives in Jersey City. Is it my responsibility the, to save him? The I sixth, don't know. The sixth borough. And I think he tried to do that. And I was like, no, I can't do that. I don't really yeah. Do that. Well, so there's like handshakes and stuff, but then... Because you're just like flopping hands in the middle of New York. In Sigma Nu, there's a specific thing that's like... And I guess it's for like if, if your brother, a Sigma Nu from Georgia... Uh, was welcoming someone who's like, oh, I'm a I'm a Sigma Nu from um, Columbia yeah. or whatever, and I'm visiting Georgia because uh, my sister lives here or whatever, and I come to a Sigma Nu party, and you're like sussing this person out, and you're like, are you really a Sigma Nu though? Yeah. And you can um, there's a subtle little thing that you can do that only a Sigma Nu, a real Sigma Nu would pick up on, and then there, it's like a call and response thing. Yeah. And I won't say what their specific Did you one Survivor? is. Uh, I've never watched Survivor. Total disregard going. <laughs> but. Um, like, like if, and it's like a subtle thing where yeah. a, a person who's, you know, not a Sigma Nu, like wouldn't see that and think like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this thing? Um, but like, I wish like, you know, that if I was, you know, seeing a, a person that I thought maybe was a trans girl and I wanted to connect with her and because commu- you want to communicate such a specific message, like yes. all of what I just rambled about, I yeah. want to say, be able to say in five seconds on a train, absolutely, um, for, like in a cr- room of crowded, you know, like whatever, um, and be like, hey, I see you. I think that you're trans, not because you're not beautiful and not because of all the loaded things that make us feel bad about being trans, but because I am too and I want to connect with you. Yeah. Like, I want to be able to say that in two seconds. Absolutely. And, um, so if it could be like scratching my nose or whatever, and then your response to be like, yes, I see you and, and we are sisters or whatever, could be that you then like scratch your knee yeah. you know, or whatever. Um, and then it's like accept, accepting the invitation. And if you don't know about that thing, 
then you just think I'm, I have an itchy nose. Right. And if, right. And you go on about your day and it's no biggie. Yeah. Like an um, AA, are you a friend of Bill W? That's what they say. Right. To yeah. Yeah. Meeting. Yeah. If you show up to a church and you look lost, are you a friend of AA? A Bill, a Bill W? <laughs> and they send you to the basement. That's, yeah, I, I feel that so hard. I'm feeling a lot of that right now with like, yeah, just my own relationship to like passing and, and, and how that has, it's such a, it's such a weird thing because it does have this double edged thing where it's like, I'm safer. That's good. And I, an ideal. And it, I appreciate being, feeling safe. Um, but you lose out on community sometimes if you don't get clocked in a certain way or yeah. when you, and the same thing when I'll see a guy or a person or somebody who I think is probably trans masculine and I'll be like, and I, I want to be like, what's up dude like yeah. and then just be like whatever and in the same thing where it's like i just want to connect i'm not trying to be like yeah i'm not trying to like be like i clocked you or whatever i just want to i want you to know and this and i also feel this about when i see trans women in public i want to also be able to communicate like hey like you've got people here who care about you and are like you'll you'll feel safe in this train car where there's three of us like i want you to know that like whatever you know i feel that a lot because yeah. it's like it's hard to communicate that and to be like like I'm not only am I an ally to you, but like I, there's something about me too that like I'm on your side, and yeah. uh, and it's it's so hard to communicate that ever, and because it is like you said, it it would we could talk about this all day, like all the nuances of it, and it's 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 weird, it's really weird to go from, and for me too, like going from being identifying as a lesbian for a while and being like a very visibly queer person to this kind of more invisible queer person it's it's a weird yeah. shift where i'm like then i'll see queer women in public and i want to be like what's up and they're like who is this little they're, dude that is talking to us like just trying to turn me yeah yeah, yeah yeah and it's like it's just like a weird it's a weird thing to like navigate and uh and it's and i and i agree with you i wish that we I, so we should come up with a code we should get we should get uh trans people in on this code and like try to because I, I also would like i don't know i think it would just make me feel more connected to people yeah yeah. I mean, let's just let's just lock let's it just in. Let's just lock it. Yeah. If you see someone, if you're a trans person and you see another trans person and you want to communicate, hey, I see you. We are siblings. Mm -hmm. You scratch your nose because everybody's got an itchy nose sometimes. Yep. And uh, and then if you're a trans person receiving that, just give your little uh, give your knee a little your knee a little pat, a little pat. A little, uh, and then you'll also know that they're a boys club listener. <laughs> <laughs> it started. It was born here. It was born here on boys. And club. I'm the first trans person to ever think of anything. <laughs> uh, it seems like also an issue that's being like kind of illustrated is that I think like gay acceptance and queer acceptance people always are like will and grace and then heart that milk movie half that movie is him being like we've got to come out everyone come out you've got to mm -hmm. come out you got to scream that you're gay from the top of the rooftop and gay people are that's I feel like that was probably important is that so many people like know a gay person or like my friend's gay whatever but with transness that it that's not it, it's not it can't be that so yeah. it's like how to, in a world where like that is now the new divisive thing for like Republicans especially and like like and it's like in the political sphere how what is and I guess like maybe the answer is like trans stories like need to be like told and like on like in on TV shows and stuff and like that's an outlet for like visibility because like it can't be that thing where it's like yeah I'm gay like in the 70s from the rooftops yeah it's just it is it's just complicated with I don't know. I, I don't know how you feel. I, I feel I've come to a point now where I think I would, and I think it's reflected in my standup. Like, I like talking about being trans. I like being a trans man. I, I, I would love for everybody to know that about me were it not a safety concern, you know? Sure, so yeah. it's just kind of like a, I'm always kind of sussing out, like, should I, do I reveal this information to this person? Do I not? Like, because, which also, like, 
to think that there are trans people out there that are married to somebody who doesn't know they're trans feels I just don't know how you could have give us that movie. That's the movie. Well, I we just want. Uh, is it though? We're gonna go pitch tomorrow. I don't know that it is. Like oh, I, we're not gonna we're not gonna pitch. We're not gonna pitch tomorrow. We get a fair deal. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I don't know that that's I don't know. Obviously, everybody's in their own situation and feels differently about their own transness. But I can't imagine having that close of a connection with somebody and them not knowing something so important to who I am. And it maybe those cases are people who transitioned when they were five years old or whatever. You know, totally. What I mean? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who don't have that's a good bevy point. of lived experience as that's a fair point yeah a different gender um so maybe it doesn't yeah. feel as pressing for them yeah yeah but it's so tied to you know it's like and, and i f- i mean i find it beautiful and i totally i kind of have an understanding of why certain cultures have like lauded uh gender queer people absolutely you know? because, absolutely um, i can connect with men in a way that most of my girlfriends can't yeah and i can now also connect it with women in a really specific way that's like yeah. interesting and fun and like beautiful um and it's like, you know, you kind of serve as this conduit to, like, bridge this disparity between people, you it know? It feels like you have a real bird's eye view of, like, what it means to be a person yeah. in a very cool way. Yeah. No, I'm I'm endlessly grateful for it. And I feel really lucky. And I wish it wasn't a safety concern because I wish I could be more, I don't yeah. know, open with that, like, publicly. I, I mean, I am obviously, like, in um, comedy context, but, like, just out in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's also... It's, this is totally unrelated to anything, but it's just a thing that's been happening re- recently, which is um, I did like a guest appearance on like a popular TikTok show. Mm-hmm. Um, just I have a friend who like works for the company that like owns the TikTok show. And yeah. so um, they hired me as a non-union writer. Nice. Um, and I was like, sure, I'll, I'll come on. And, and it was like one of those like fake like man on the street interviews or whatever. Right. So they come and find me and I give some like feedback to random questions like, you know, whatever. Um and it's really interesting because I knew that I was going to be filmed that day. So, like, I did a big full beat and everything, and I looked really good. I felt strongly about it. I was like, yeah, I'm, I look good. I feel good. Um, and I get gendered correctly every single day. And I, I don't even really wear makeup very often uh, except for, like, for shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I get catcalled, like, every day. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, like, a six feet tall. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I... I don't know. Um, I wasn't like the lucky trans girl who was like, just happened to be five foot four already (laughs) or whatever. Yeah. Um, Like I do have, you know, characteristics that I don't know, are less common in women um, and still get read correctly all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Carly Klaus would still be looking down on you. (laughs) Literally. And that, okay. Actually when I first came out to my mom when I was 14 um, and then like, she just kind of like ushered me back into the closet um, and I had to wait another 13 years to begin my transition, but uh, neither here nor there. Um, the one explicit thing that she said was, well, you'd be a tall girl. <laughs> and now when I see a tall girl in the wild, I'm like, see? <laughs> yeah. Um, there are plenty of tall girls out there. Oh, my God. And I, I went to Europe on my honeymoon, and it was like every girl yeah. was so tall. And I was like, there are so many trans women here. I was like, no. Also, yeah. Um, it, You're scratching your nose left and right. Nobody's giving you any knees yeah, back. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's these cis women. Um, these cis women who don't listen to Boys Club. Um, we'll get them. We're going to get them. We'll get them. Yeah, we're going to get the Europe. We're going to get them and we're going to make them transition. That's what we're up to here on the pod. But, um, <laughs> but like, everyone reads me correctly. And, um, you know, I don't know. I haven't dealt with a lot, of, a whole lot of transphobia, like, in, in recent months mm-hmm. or the last year or so. And, um and then on this TikTok show, I guess it's a guy who has a lot of followers that aren't necessarily like left leaning. I guess they're like a lot of incels or something. And um, 
just like wildly transphobic in the comments and I don't talk about my transness in the you know, yeah. stuff that I wrote or whatever. And it's like, ah, oh, wow. Like it, it, it's kind of gaslighty. Cause it's like, well, people who see me without any makeup on or whatever, you know, yeah. are like, you know, catcalling me and stuff. And then, and, and I think it's like other people who are fixated on trans bodies. For um, sure. And I'm sure also like, I'm sure the first person who was coming there to be an asshole and was fixating on it looked, if you were tagged in it or something, maybe looked you up and figured that out and then like decided to say something that everybody piles on. You know what I mean? Right, right. But yeah. it does, you feel, you feel crazy when you're seeing it because you're like, this never happens in person right, right nobody I, talks to me this way nobody says things like this and then you're just seeing a barrage of comments that way it's yeah. crazy and then i feel annoying cause yeah I'm, at, I'm, I'm like i i pass right right right, and, right. um it's like I, yeah it's a weird it's thing weird to experience it's weird yeah yeah the way the internet can probably completely undermine you and your identity and your joy and your personhood it's probably that's pretty unique this is why i'm trying to get us back on blackberries yeah. And off social media. <laughs> oh. Well, before we wrap up, um, do you want to plug your socials or anything that's coming I up? I feel like this podcast episode was Hero's Journey because remember when the sound stopped working? I know we've been wow. here. That's such we've, a we've had we've really we've we've grown together, the three of us. I think <laughs> we survived something. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for being on, by the way. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. If you want to leave transphobic comments on <laughs> any of my socials, I'm uh, Jess J E S S underscore Elgene E L G E N E on all the social medias where I have a presence. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Me. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely check out Jess has an amazing show. It'll be around. In the coming months, check yeah. it out. Um, also, boys at home, if you want to leave us a review, rate the podcast. We would love to hear from you guys. Um, apparently, that's good for podcasts. So I'm trying to remember. To get reviews. I'm trying to remember to say that. If you'd like to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and rate five stars, we would love that. Please give us feedback. Only if it's only if you love us, though. I don't really want to hear more negative feedback. <laughs> but anyway, um, all right, we'll get out of here in smooch. One, two, three. What's up, boys at home? Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Boys Club. Connor, where can they find you on Instagram? At Connor Janda, C-O-N-O-R. Janda is panda with a J. And you can follow me at Nico Carney, N-I-C-O-C-A-R-N-E-Y. You can follow us both at Boys Club Comedy on Instagram. Uh, and we have a live show. Our live show is at Club Coming, typically on the last Friday of the month. And it is always the two of us and some of our favorite funny people. And we'd love to see you there. Yeah, often people from the podcast. So come check those out. Uh, if you live in New York, we'd love to see you there. Bye, boys. Bye, boys. Bye, boys. Thank you.